This is the Blind Entrepreneur Podcast, helping millennials execute their vision. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Blind Entrepreneur. I am your host, Jonathan Grzbowski, and today I am on episode 5-0. That's 50, and we're going to celebrate a little bit. Boom. <laughs> well, boom is pretty much going to be the, the, the phrase of this entire conversation because Aaron goes into heavy detail as a sales mentor and he focuses on client acquisition for coaches around the world. Boom is a phrase that we kind of just talked about off off air, but when you're helping these individuals and when you're talking to these uh, to these coaches from around the world, you're helping them develop better strategies for sales techniques. So Aaron Jenks, 30 years old, how's your day going, my friend? It's going good, man. Going great. North Carolina, visiting. Uh, I live here a few months out of the year when it gets too hot, but mainly I'm a Florida boy. There you go. There you go. And so, Aaron, the, the first question, we're always going to start off with an icebreaker. We want to get the creative energy and juices flowing a little bit. Let's get it going. So imagine you just had the worst day of your life. Your, your head is in the sand. You're down in the dumps. And you're trying to figure out how to make the day better. So what is that one piece of food that's going to lift your spirits higher? Arby's uh, buffalo chicken slider. Damn, all right. Why? I like hot wings, and uh, there's always an Arby's around, so they're easy to get to, and you don't have to get dirty to do it. So I don't know, pretty damn good. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. And this is not a uh, product placement, and you know you're not sponsored. No, by I'm endorsed by yeah Chick Fil A all around the world. <laughs> I wear them. This is a Chick Fil A shirt. Right here. <laughs> nice, good stuff, good stuff. Well, Aaron, what is? I mean, Arby's. I don't want to think of Chick Fil A. But either way, either way, there's. Either way, it's good because Chick Fil A. You can always rely on Chick Fil A to give you good good service, and and the food. It's it's not bad for a, a fast food joint. Well, I would agree with you, except you can't rely on them on Sundays, which is the day That's that true. everybody wants to have Chick-fil-A. I know. You're always like, let's go to Chick-fil-A, and you're like, oh, damn, they're not closed on Sunday. <laughs> I find myself doing that far too often. It's a yeah. shame, but uh, you know, who knows? Maybe one day they'll, they'll change their mind a little bit. Um, hey, when, that, when the old dude dies. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, the first real question is, Aaron, tell us about yourself. Who are you, and what is your story? Man, uh, I'm a father of four and uh, married. And when I was 18 years old, I dropped out of community college because I hated people telling me what I should learn. So I, I got an opportunity to be like an errand boy for this marketing company. And I would drop off clients, copies of their ad, invoices, get money, stuff like that. And they gave me the opportunity to sell. They said, well... Maybe you could go re-sign this client up. So I went out and, you know, I'd go re-sign people. And then they said, well, why don't you try to get new clients? So they let me out the first time. And it was the first, we would sell in rounds. So I, one of my first round, I broke all kind of company records. Not only was I only 18 years old, but I sold more new accounts than anybody. And I managed more accounts than anybody. And they had never seen anything like that before. So they let me be full-time in sales and eventually sales manager and regional sales manager and just kind of worked my way up to, you know, sales, corporate sales trainer. And uh, simultaneously, I was in real estate. And I was making a lot of money in real estate, 
without much energy. So I quit the company, went full time into real estate, and I was I like to say I was living like a rock star because I'd be I'd get checks that were, you know, more than most people make in a year on a monthly basis, more than most well-to-do people make. I mean, this was the days where houses were going up like crazy. I mean, you you could you'd have to you'd you'd have to get an appraisal so fast after the house is under contract because if you waited too long the, the valuation would change again hmm. so that's how much they were going up so i'd get a house and we'd take the house subject to the mortgage already on it make up the back payments sell it you know make a hundred thousand dollars something and it was just constant so i was living like you know not saving any money real young early 20s and uh when the market crashed and uh I crashed with it and it didn't take me too long to run through all the money that I had saved because it wasn't really that much. It was kind of embarrassing the amount of money I, I didn't save. And I got back into real estate and also did some consult sales consulting and stuff and got to a place where I didn't need to work anymore. Like I could go be a beach bum if I wanted to. And about a little over a year ago, I started a podcast and I interviewed over 300 online entrepreneurs like everybody else does. You know, it was nothing unique about it. And I was thinking while I was doing it, but I only aired about 60 of them because I was thinking while I was doing it, I said, you know, I make more money than most all these people because I would, I would, and I was like, they should interview me. So I quit that and I just got to where my roots, which was doing live sales training. But the good that happened to that was this. I did have some listeners who were coaches and they, they contacted me and said, can you help me get, you know, in sales? Cause we're always hearing about, you know, you know about sales. I said, well, I, I help you, but I'm not gonna do it for free. So they said, fine, that's okay. And fast forward, here I am. And we have a six figure coaches club helping coaches all around the world. We get about a new person in every day and you know, we, we get them to where they don't really know how to get clients. They're great at what they do. Maybe a personal trainer or whatever or a life coach or whatever zillion other coaches there are, they don't know how to get clients and I get them to getting prospects, get them on the phone and then, you know, selling them on the phone to, into their coaching program. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's talk about the process a little bit because sales is easily the hardest thing that you could possibly get involved in, in your business. It's the thing that people hate focusing on because they believe that sales is just going to come naturally to them because they have a great product, they have a great service, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about sales. You know, what are, what are some things that people just aren't focusing on? And, uh, you know, what would you suggest to, uh, you know, startups that are listening right now trying to figure out the, what the hell sales actually is? Well, they need to first understand that sales is your business. If you don't have sales, you don't have a business, you have a hobby. So, Everything has to come second to sales. Whatever it is that your product or service is, sales is the deal. That's it. And a lot of people don't understand this, that when they're entrepreneurs, when they signed up to be an entrepreneur, you've also signed up to be a salesman or sales lady. So they have to understand that. And then if they understand that and they accept it, those are two different things. You can understand it but not accept it. And you can go on living in denial, the fact that, you know, I'm just going to wait for people to come to me or be passive about it. You can't be passive. I mean, there's, a, you know, 7 billion plus people on the planet and lots of businesses. And you have to go out there and make yourself known and, and sell people. So I would tell them to understand that when you're an entrepreneur, you are a salesperson. Secondly, 
that they need to do whatever it takes since they are salespeople to acquire the skills and to be able to sell their product or service. And in terms of just the overall sales approach, um, you know, t- focusing on sales is always a, is always a good start, right? Yeah. What are some of the things that have made you successful um, early on in your career? I mean, you said earlier that you were you were making serious money at the early ages of your uh, of the age of your early twenties. You know, what are what are some techniques that you used um, in early on in your career and and using now in the later half of your career? So, I would probably attribute it to framing. When I was starting out and I was selling. My uncle, who's also a sales trainer, and so is my grandfather, and so is my dad and my mom, and so I'm, I'm like a sales outlier. Mm-hmm. It would be hard for me not to be good at sales, even though my natural disposition is introverted, but I learned to acquire the skill sets uh, to be able to sell when I was 18 because I became obsessed with it, and I read everything, listened to everything. So what, what helped me, and I didn't even know it then, but I teach it now, was posturing and framing, which is I would go into a new potential account, And I didn't feel like I needed the business. And my, my, my deal was like, okay, well, if you bought, that's good. If you don't, okay, I just, that just saved me time. I'm going to ride dirt bikes now. Okay. And so I would, I would tell people to study framing. And I always tell all my people that I mentor that there's a book that I've, I've been doing this before the way before the book came out, but it's a book called pitch anything. And Probably about the first 75 pages is all you really need to read because the rest of it's kind of just case studies and stuff like that. But he talks about frames and how frames are real and that every person, they come to a conversation with their own frame and then when they come, frames collide. So the dominant frame wins and if you control the frame, you win the game. So when so that's what I kind of go by. And you, when you first get into a, a selling encounter or any encounter, you start with framing. So to answer your question, I would say that my most valuable tool that I've been able to master, because I have well over 10,000 hours in selling, so I feel comfortable saying I'm a, I'm a sales master, is framing. Hmm. Okay. And something that I'm really curious about, because framing, you could teach it, you can talk about it, but you, the person that you're teaching it to has to accept it. Yeah. And what would you say like what do you what do you have to do as a human being in order to get into that mindset uh, to to sell you you can't be desperate and you got to look at it as like a rescue mission so i tell people look get on your desk look at it like a rescue mission because if your product or service really helps people and they have a need they have a pain that you're going to soothe it is a rescue mission so there's people out there that really need whatever it is that you have so you got to not think of it as like something that you're going out to get, but it's something you're going out to give. Like selling is a service. It's something that you do for somebody as long as it's legal, ethical, and moral. And you're going to go out there and, and you're going to soothe that pain. You're going to help them you know, not feel that anymore, be more successful or whatever it is that your deal does. So they first need to go out with the mindset of understanding that this is a rescue mission. And when you approach it like that, that helps you to have a, a nice frame. Mm. Now, you mentioned briefly that when you were 18, you started reading every single book there is when it comes to sales. Uh, you also mentioned that your family has a history of just being sales individuals. Yeah. 
when did it really start at 18? It did. Why did it start at 18? What was that, that light bulb moment that made you say, well, you know what? I got to get my stuff together and get it going. Well, because I always knew that I wasn't like I was the kid in class who never opened his book. Like I just show up in class and not even open my book. I just sit there like in defiance because I don't like people telling me what to do. Authority. Maybe it's a weakness. I don't know. But that continued on. So I thought, what the hell am I going to go sign up for more years of that? By the way, I graduated with a 1.999. I graduated by the skin of my teeth out of high school. Hmm. So I thought, and it wasn't for lack of trying. Uh, I mean, it, it was for lack of trying rather. Sorry. I just didn't care to do anything. I just wanted to be out of there. I wasn't a thug or get in trouble like that. I just, I just, you know, I was more of a ladies man. Like I just didn't really care about what's going on. So when I get when I get out of high school and I go into community college, I thought, well, I'm going to sign up for more of this because community college is kind of like a, a club with books. You know, they let everybody in. So it's kind of like more high school. So I said, this is dumb. And I just didn't even show up, you know, paid for the classes, didn't even show up. So I thought, I'm, gonna, I'm an entrepreneur. There's just, just nothing, nothing more to it. I always have been. I always have been bent that way. So I'm just going to go sign up for something. And so I knew somebody, knew somebody. But I'll tell you what really clicked for me. My uncle, who's probably one of the best salespeople on the planet, although I'm probably better than him now, I imitated him. I, I absorbed his personality. And so when I would show up on sales calls, I just felt like him because he told me things to say. And it was all about framing. Although we didn't call it framing then. We call it posturing. So it was all, all about that. And I just pretended like I was him. And I'd go in and it worked. Hmm. Interesting. Now, you had the luxury of having um, – a mentor. At yeah, it was a, a luxury. Yeah. Yeah, at, at a young age, and and honestly, not too many people have that no. luxury. So, you know, what are what are some ways that you've used, or what would you, what are some ways that you would suggest um, for entrepreneurs and for millennials and startups and things like that to obtain a mentor like you did? Well, mentors are very important. First of all, I would tell, uh, you know, fellow millennials, you to don't hang out with their friends. Because you're, you know, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. I've never really had friends because, you know, people our age, they're all, they're, they're just getting set up and I don't want to just be getting set up. I want to be excelling. So all my friends were all old guys, like, <clears throat> excuse me, like they were, I had 80 year old friends, like 85 year old men I'd hang out with. That's not a joke. Like I'd go to, they'd have breakfast things because old guys do this a lot where they have a weekly breakfast meeting. So I became friends with guys who had big publishing companies, but they were 85 years old. And they're multi, 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 multi millionaire guys, but they're 85. So I'd hang out with old guys and I always have. I just haven't been, never been interested in, you know, uh, and other young people. So I would tell them first to go to the really old guys because they're not going to try to charge you because they're really old, so they're like past all that, right? Like if you go to a guy who's 50, he, he's probably going to want to give you, you, you got to pay him. If you go to somebody like me, you know, you got to pay for, for me. But you go to an old, old guy, like 85, he's going to give you everything. He's got all the wisdom, so he's got way more wisdom than the 55-year-old guy, and they're more patient, and they'll give you the best perspectives. 
Yeah, and uh, I, I would definitely agree with that. Uh, they have a little bit more of a laissez-faire approach uh, to no. just the way that they live their lives. And, you know, I, I'm curious, is this your, your first big, you know, successful business um, outside of the real estate world? No, I had uh, I had some other things that I was involved in that I sold. I had a magazine that I sold and stuff. So I, I would say the real estate did pave the way for this, though, because it also kept my framing intact where people can sense, and that's why I don't call myself a coach, even though I, you know, I guess I coach coaches, but I like to kick people in the ass, you know, so, and that's what I do. And they realize that I don't need their, I don't need their money, you know, even though I, I like it, you know, but I'm not going to do it for free. But I'll, I can tell them the things that they need to know. And I feel like that gives me a unique advantage, not to mention there's really no, nobody else that's really teaching sales skills to, to coaches. So it's kind of a, a niche that found me. Mm-hmm. And when you started the, uh, the, the current business now, um, were there any initial struggles that you had? I mean, I mean, granted, sales is always going to be the main struggle, but did you, the sales coach? It's not a struggle for me. Well, I was just going to say that. Like, did you have the sales, uh, being that you had to sell yourself, um, did you find that relatively easy? And were there so, early struggles in the business? At the beginning, I did. Like I said, I, I started a podcast where right. I was just interviewing online entrepreneurs. Right. Well, the, everybody and their mom does that. Right. So I did it. I didn't know any better. Right. Except when I do something, I do it big. So I, did, I interviewed 300 people. Like most guys, they go out and interview one at a time. They're, they're you know, not as extreme about it. And so maybe that could be a, that's a bad thing with me because I do go to extremes. But here's what I learned to answer your question that you got to get really specific in what you're doing. And it wasn't until, see, like, I recognized that, hey, these people are contacting me, so there's probably a lot more of these coach-type people. So let me focus in. I honed my podcast in on sales and everything. So it wasn't only sales, but it's sales for coaches. So, like, we niched it down again, mm-hmm. and that's when it took off. Mm-hmm. That's when things started to really explode. Now, what are your thoughts on... You know, obviously you're a sharp guy. You're 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 a successful entrepreneur. You know, what are what has been your biggest failure thus far throughout your throughout your career? Oh man, I failed harder than most people ever failed. After, <clears throat> excuse me, after the real estate collapse, when uh, we went poor, I had a wife and kids, and I was st- I'm not going to go out and get a job. I mean, I've been big bank rolling rock star. You know, doing anything I wanted, a lot of pride. And uh, went so broke, we got on food stamps. So, I'm at, you know, you got a wife and kids, and here you are, everybody saw you as this big shot. And next thing you know it, you don't even have any money to buy food. So you get on food stamps. And so, you know, that was also a breaking point for me because I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't live like this. So I said, here's what I know. I know about real estate and I know about sales. So I just kept on basically even though I crashed and burned decided I was going to get out and and uh, I did try to do some other sales gigs and I did very well but I'm a rogue guy I'm an independent guy I can't work for people and so I got back to it and, and you know and I stuck it out even though we had to do things a little bit differently built my way back up and it worked out but it was a big failure you know a lot of um and this is a personal question, so I hope you yeah. don't mind me asking. But 
a lot of millennials, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs in general, they they don't want to focus on building a family. They want to focus on developing a good product and developing yeah. a good business. How has family helped shape the way who you are as a person, but also professionally as well? Well, it gives you a lot more pressure. So in, in that ways, it's it's good and bad. So and and in one ways. It you don't have as much time. Although my wife understands that I'm a pretty, you know, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm a pretty, you know, dominant personality. So it's kind of like getting on the, the in the tracks when the train's coming through. So there's might as well just let him do his thing because it's, oh, it's just going to be a resistance. So she's accepted that. And so that's one thing you have to have a partner if you're going to have a family as a young guy. Because I started when I was 21 having kids. So if you're going to have a family. You got to have a partner who understands the hustle and understands what you're about. And if you don't, you might as well go and either look for a rope to hang yourself or go get a divorce mm -hmm. because it's not going to work out. The hard part really is, is the kids because if you have a wife, you have to help with the kids. And so that's time consuming. And I probably don't help as much as a lot of dads in, in some ways, but in other ways I do. Like I'm not a real diaper changer or stuff like that. But I am a, a great, you know, teaching the kids stuff and all those kind of things. So don't feel bad about the stuff that society puts on you. You don't have to be the kind of dad that they want you to be. You just have to be the kind of dad that your family's okay with. That if, you know, they like for you to teach. And my wife's okay. She doesn't expect me to change diapers. But there's other things like I help with discipline and things like that. So it's added to a lot of pressure. So perhaps that has sped up because I was in my early 20s, living like a guy who's maybe in his mid-30s. You know what I mean? My dad would always tell me that, too. Mm -hmm. So maybe that also helped to advance me. Mm -hmm. It gave me added pressure to like, hey, I got to do something here. You know, I can't, I can't buy food. And I got kids here, and they, they needed clothes and do stuff. So I think that lot lit a fire underneath me more than probably your average millennial who's just going out there, and they're not under a real big rush, and they have this mindset like, well, I can always screw up and make up for it later. But when you've got kids and a wife that's dependent on you, you can't do that. So you take that aggressiveness that you have when you're young and that commitment to make it work, and it does. Yeah, and that's incredible advice. So thank you for you know, answering that personal question. That, that does mean a lot. Um, you know, I, I think we have a really good understanding of who you are as a business professional. Um, but I'd like to learn a little bit more about who you are, you know, in, in, uh, upstairs a little bit. So sales, anybody will say that sales is a numbers game and you need certain processes and procedures in order to make sales successful. Is there anything that you use to help you become more efficient throughout your day and just more successful in sales in terms of just approaches? No, I, I'm just a pretty driven individual. I mean, I'd like to be able to tell you that I do something, you know, fancy and I get up at a certain time and all that, but I don't. But from the time that I do get up, which is usually around 10, because I stay up till about 3 o'clock in the morning every day, um, I just, it's 60 miles an hour. And I, don't, I forget to eat. I do all kind of stuff like that. So, you know, having a lead, having a, a system where you go out and get leads at the beginning, there's nothing that beats that because it's free. So you can go and make big money, like what most people consider big money, never paying a, dollar, a dime on marketing. They should, in the, on the online, everyone's so obsessed with marketing. But, you know, marketing is the, like the, 
It's the servant of sales. It's supposed to work for sales. It's supposed to be informed by sales. And how can you inform your marketing unless you made a bunch of sales already? You can't. So I always tell people, like you see Mark Cuban, he says that on Shark Tank all the time. I'm not the only one. This guy's a billionaire. So you, you have to go out and make sales, whether it's knocking on doors, whether it's online prospecting, getting people on the phone. You got to do that. Then you'll know exactly what to put on your marketing because you'll have heard all the objections that there are. You'll have heard all the concerns and you'll have heard like, ooh, when I say that, they really like it and that makes them buy. So you'll, you'll be able to put all that on your marketing and be much more informed. But people, they go on, they want to do marketing, they want to set up systems and partly it's because everyone's selling them a course on that because it sounds good, right? Like I'm, I'm going to wake up and have all these leads and all these sales. But that works when you're doing high volume but doesn't always work, not, doesn't work that much when you're doing low volume. Like if you're going to do a webinar and you got 50 people on the webinar, the numbers aren't going to really work out really well for you. So, as a, as a, but if you were to go get 50 people on a telephone call, man, you might make a hundred thousand dollars, depending on how much your product costs. Right, right, and that, and that's interesting. I mean, without without going too much into detail, because obviously they people that are listening right now, they need to be a part of your product and your and your service, and you know, be a part of your journey, but. You know, what are what are some um, simple prospecting uh, things that you that you focus on uh, in order to, to help people grow their their base? So what I say is that the rules online business, the rules of engagement are the same offline and online. Only the mechanics change. So you're, you're dealing with people in different ways. So the rules would be the same. So I would say using all social media to a lot of people say, well, they will go out and create relationships. Well, I can create a relationship with you in two minutes that can lead to a strategy call which will lead to a sale. So I would say to, you know, you go on social media and never spam, never do that, but to find ways to compliment people, number one. So I'd say, hey, I saw your post about this, that, and the other, man, I really liked it. And they say, and you end with a question, how long, you, let's say they post something about green drinks. How long have you been drinking green drinks? Oh, thanks for the compliment. I've been drinking for three years. And then you say, oh, that's, you know, that's interesting. I drink green drinks too, except I put pine pineapples in them. Oh, yeah, I've tried that before, too. That's good. He said, yeah, so I see that you're a health coach. Yeah, you're, uh, yeah, I'm a health coach. How long have you been a health coach? I've been a health coach for three years or blah, blah, blah. You know, well, how's the sales coming? So this would be for me, right? How's the sales coming? Well, it's going good. It could be better. What do you mean it could be better? Well, you know, I, I don't get as many clients as I need. I say, well, we should talk. So, you know, we should set up a time to talk. And then, I, and then they say, okay, I'm open to that. Here's my booking link and go ahead and schedule a time. It works for you. I'm not hearing your audio. Oh, uh, yeah, there you I go. Said very, very simple. Very, very simple. <laughs> a lot of people, they try to make it over, they overcomplicate it. Yeah, yeah. And it's not spammy. I made a real relationship and I did it in two minutes. Yeah, no, that's great. But do you feel as if that people don't want to, I, I feel as if that, you know, lately millennials in general and just the world, because we live in such a fast society that they, they lose the romance of what sales actually is. Um, do you find yourself, you, you know, just going back to basics is, is what made you successful thus far? That's probably true because I could set up and, and dump a whole bunch of money into Facebook ads and it not affect my life. But I find this so easy uh, and I, I, that, you know, and I know about all that because I've sold millions and millions in, in advertising and marketing. Mm. 
And so I know what works to make ads effective and all that stuff. And I have done Facebook ads and it'd be very effective. And sometimes I do do them and I teach other people um, who, are, who are in my program, you know, what to do to make your ads effective. So, but I would definitely say having a foundation, it's like Michael Jordan, he just practiced the, the fundamentals over and over. So you can make a lot of money just by doing that, but then you got to learn how to sell them on a call. So that's a whole other thing. So getting them on the call, people always come to me and say, I have a hard time getting leads. So you don't have a hard time getting leads. Let me tell you this, that, and the other. Now, boom, now you got, there's a, like, there's a billion people on Facebook, right? And now you got Twitter and you got this and Instagram. So it's the same process because mm-hmm. it would be the same if you were at a party. So fundamentals would be the same as if I'm going out to a party, physical party, and I meet a guy and say, hey, man, nice tie. Hey, uh, uh, thanks, man. Uh, my wife got it for me on Father's Day. Oh, you got kids? Yeah, I got kids. How many kids you got? Four. I got four kids. Man, aren't kids ugly? Uh, yeah, yeah, kids are ugly. Oh, uh, but they're great. How old are your kids? This, that, and the other. Oh, mine are this, that, and the other. So what do you do for a living, man? Uh, I'm a health coach. Now we're back into it again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I dig it. Uh, good stuff. I mean, it's, again, uh, people overcomplicate things. And uh, life and sales doesn't have to be that complicated. Nope. And, and so what are some resources that you use throughout your day? I mean, you said that you're a very simplistic man. You don't get up at a specific uh, – you, you, you go to bed relatively late. You, you wake up you know, pretty much if, whenever you want if you wanted to. Um, yeah, but what are some online resources that you, that you use? I use Schedule Once. I use Typeform. I use SamCart. Those are my three main tools, SAMCART, S-A-M-C-A-R-T, because I always tell people, you don't need a sales page. You need a checkout page. Mm. Your, your mouth is the sales page. So SAMCART's a checkout page. Very easy to use. I don't have any affiliation with them. I just really like their product. And uh, they're very, you know, you could create unlimited ch- checkouts, monthly options, weekly options, subscription options, just so easy to use. And then I use... Schedule once to book, and everybody's familiar with that. If you're not, go check it out. Schedule once, and type form. I use when people want to, you know, uh, have a session with me to see about being in the program. They have to go through type form, which I have embedded on my site. So if you want to talk to me about the program, it's AaronJanks.com. If you want to see the form, AaronJanks.com forward slash application. That's my type form. So I embed that in there, which goes to my schedule once, and it pre-qualifies all my leads. And um, those, are, and then they go to the booker. So, and then when they buy, they go to SamCart. Mm, okay. So those are the three main things. And you know, my last main question for you today, Aaron, is, you know, I created the the Blind Entrepreneur to help individuals out who may be lost, who may have an issue with sales, who just don't know what to do and don't know where to go with their business. What are three pieces of advice that you would give to somebody? Uh, that's a millennial uh, and is possibly looking to be an entrepreneur or already an, an entrepreneur and it's, again just in that space of just not knowing what to do okay so if they if they're so do they already have a business or they don't have a business let's let's just say we'll we'll, we'll leave it open and we'll just say uh, you know they're just there's lost whether it's in their in the business or they're lost at their current job and they're just afraid to actually be become an entrepreneur okay so I was telling them to find a pain in, in the marketplace, a deep pain, like a, a pain that can make people depressed. The deeper the pain, so it's like in my deal, like if you're a coach and 
you're not getting clients because coaches are heart centered. That's what I like about them. Consultants, not so much. They could be, but that's why I kind of focus on coaches. They're heart centered. So if they're not getting clients, it breaks their heart, right? They, they, they feel this passion like it's their, it's their goal in life. So it's a very deep pain point for them. It ruins their life if they don't have clients. So find a pain point and then you have and then make sure that you're you're uh equipped to fill and ease the pain and then go to where they are so find the pain develop the product around it the service and then go to where they are and start talking to them mm. All right. well, it's pretty simple it is and and honestly i like your approach uh a lot because there's a million ways to get a client. There's a million ways to build a pipeline, but right. the fundamental values, and from what I'm hearing from you, is treat people like human beings, and just talk to them and right. be, have a genuine interest of who they are as as human beings. Right. Um, and then from that approach, it'll lead to conversations, which That's right. inevitably, inevitably lead to sales. That's right, man. So, you, you get, but there are sales skills to acquire. Of course. So that, so that you don't, you know, a lot of the guys that you listen to from the, even the, the 90s and the 80s and 70s, that's kind of old line method sales. Nowadays, the new line method, while it's not necessarily uh, timid, it's a, I call it relational selling. But not relationship building. Some people they they take two. They try to build up these long term relationships. Like I said, two minutes. But when you're selling, you're having a, like a conversation, so the person doesn't really feel like they're being sold to, you know, in in the traditional sense. So you get them at the end of your you know your your talk to them because it's kind of like a conversation. They're asking you how they can get involved. So they're they're getting asking you to close them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now if. If I am, uh, if I want to partake in your uh, in the six figure coaches club, you know, why will I need it? Why do I need it? And what will I learn after the program is over? So you're going to learn how you need it because you don't get, you're not making six figures as a coach, number one, and you don't know how to get clients. So you don't know how to sell the clients, and so here's what you're going to learn. You're going to have to go out and get the clients. You're going to learn how to sell the clients, and then you're going to learn how to scale it. So and, and that's pretty simple. And that after the program, you will have not only developed skills to grow your coaching business, but sales skills that will help you for any business that you want to sell. If you want to get investors, you know, selling is just influencing people. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. So you're going to learn the skill of influence. Interesting. And you also have another business that's uh, started or starting up called the the seven figure coaches club yeah so that's my that's a program that they go they go in after they come through the the uh, six figure coaches then they go into that and that's a year-long program like mastermind type thing mm. and so um, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious uh, is are there any um, online mentors obviously you have physical mentors in in your family but are there any uh, online mentors like when i hear mastermind the first person that comes to my to my mind is tony robbins is he somebody that that you resonate with and that you that you follow a lot of you know i don't really f- i like tony a lot 
I don't really follow him, follow him, but I've listened to his, all his pro his programs, personal power. And I've, so I've pretty much consumed everything that I wouldn't say I followed him, but I've, I'm very aware of what he teaches and I like it. And, but I would say that there's nobody in particular that I really like. I guess there is an old guy I like. His name's Dan Pena and I'm going to be going up to, he has a castle seminar that you go in Scotland and you stay in his castle. So I'm doing that. But, um, other than that, I guess there's nobody really that I like online because most of them, some of them have, have never really done anything outside of online. So everything, all the only experience they bring is, is online. So, um, I guess nobody in particular, although there's a lot of guys that I have a lot of great respect for, but I guess I don't follow them. Mm. Now, and if, if I wanted to take part in your, the program's, if I wanted to learn more about your products and services, and I just wanted to follow you straight up and contact you directly, what are the best ways in order for me or somebody that's listening right now to do all that? So you you, you said the word straight up. Well, that's interesting. Good segue because my Facebook group is called Straight Up Entrepreneurs. So if you want to get plugged in with me, you can even go to my website and it just has a link. I don't do I don't have opt-in forms because it's all pushing towards my Facebook group. So. Just go, you can go to AaronJanks.com and you could just click a link. We'll take you right to the Facebook group and join up and I hang out there all the time. So that's where you'll get you a lot of free sales tips, being able to get engaged with me and on a daily basis is right there, straight up entrepreneurs. We give it to you straight up. Nice. Well, good stuff. And, and Aaron, again, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for celebrating with me on, uh, on number 50. five. I like zero. it. Really excited about it and uh, couldn't have gone number 50 to a better person. So congratulations on all your success, and uh, until next time. Thank you, man.